Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this season, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every single goddamn page in a trio of adventure modules for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes RPG, starting with Adventure MT1, All This and World War II. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. All This and World War II was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 36 of All This and World War II. This page contains chapter 14, colon, frontal assault. You'll recall that chapters ago, our heroes teamed up with the invaders to pool their resources, split up, and attempt to find a new Nazi superweapon that is known to be in one of two locations uh, that are too far apart to visit them both. So we've got two separate mashup teams of player character heroes plus World War II invaders. And in this leg of the adventure, we are following the mashup team headed to Hitler's private bunker, uh, the location of which, of course, is secret, but which the player characters were able to find in their cursed copy of World War II Inside and Out, All the People, All the Places, and All the Events by Hamilton Crane, which is five feet tall at the spine, bound in human skin, and reappears spontaneously in the back of their van whenever they try to throw it away. So, the mashup bunker squad took an allied plane over East Prussia, parachuted down to the surface, due to the tactical genius of the parachute-loving Captain America, who had flying characters at his disposal, but thought, ah, fuck it, give me that shoot. On the one hand, this plan involves putting me and my teammates and this allied plane crew at needless risk flying into enemy airspace, and somebody could roll their ankle landing and we could get caught in the trees, we're going to end up a mile away from where we want to be, but but at the same time, it's Hitler's bunker, and I want to go, and I want Bucky to go, and I don't want Namor to go, and Hawkeye said he would carry me on the back of his Skymobile, but I don't want to. I want to be a World War II guy. Rookie Captain America, my favorite new character of the season, rosy-cheeked, sparkly-eyed, rookie Captain America. So anyway, he gets his way. Uh, He's the tactical genius here after all, so the team parachuted in, and then once they scoped out the situation with this secret bunker up on a cliffside, they came up with two options. We can either sneak up through the woods to the very edge of the woods and then get the jump on the Nazis that way, fight the Nazi guards outside and storm the bunker, that's the frontal assault, and then the other option is that we like hook around and invade a fishing village and steal some boats and come up from the sea-facing side. Fight fewer Nazis, but more fishermen. I don't know what the exchange rate is on that, but no need to worry about that today because chapter 14, colon frontal assault, is for those who take the direct path. Stealth through the forest, storm the bunker. Now we created three superhero teams at the beginning of this season so that we could concretely follow some kind of narrative through line through the module. In this case, we're gonna go with the secret zoomers that team of time-displaced teenagers who have traveled back from the present day to 1989 in an effort to avert, among other things, climate change before it is too late. Each of the super teams I created has four members, and two of those will have gone on the other mashup squad to go check out Castle Vladistopol. So I'm going to say that the Secret Zoomers sent Troopa. Uh, Troopa has a Bowser-themed suit of power armor inherited from an older cousin that can tunnel through Earth, among other things, and Slime Time went on this mission. He's got a whole batch of powers, including shape-shifting. Good for stealth. So I figure burrowing and stealth, those are useful things to have trying to infiltrate a secret bunker. And I'm actually going to randomize which invaders are on this mashup squad, since in a real game that would be the GM's decision. It looks like we've got Toro and Bucky. Interesting. So this is an all-teen squad storming Hitler's bunker. How very golden age. All right, with that established, the scene is set. Our 14 heroes scoped out the bunker, decided we don't want to fuck around fighting a lot of fishermen, So, once the decision has been made, here's the read-aloud text. Quote, 
There is about a quarter mile of forest between yourselves and the bunker, all uphill. The bunker appears to be 50 feet from the forest edge. There are at least 10 Nazi soldiers guarding the entrance. Uh, this is another one of those places where the author has seen fit to magnanimously allow the players to decide their own actions in assaulting the bunker. But what it boils down to is, if they decide to sneak through the woods, they have to make a typical intensity agility roll or be spotted. And if they come up with any kind of clever plan, any way of getting through the woods by creating a diversion or whatever, then the judge can effectively ratchet down the difficulty. Give them a column shift. Quote, Once the heroes reach the edge of the forest, they will see the ten Nazi guards lined up in front of the entrance, which is approximately 50 feet away. At this point, the heroes have no further cover. Without relying on any stealthy powers or skills they might have, they must almost certainly move to attack the guards. This is a really big if. What we've got here is an evolving tactical situation, right? We started with the parachuting in, we scoped the place out, we weighed various options about how to proceed, we came up with a plan to get ourselves unnoticed through the forest, and while this is presented as pretty linear in the adventure, superheroes just have a lot of different powers. I mean, as mentioned last time, Human Torch can just fly up and attack the Nazis from above if he wants to. His flames melt bullets, there's no anti-aircraft weaponry here, so there's not much these Nazis can do to Human Torch. And we've got Toro, you know, anything Human Torch can do, fun-sized Human Torch can do. So that's one option. Bucky is more the kind of character this scenario envisions. Just like a plucky, non-specifically competent, like less of a superhero and more of a second to third level fighter slash rogue. Light to no armor, mostly I fight, but I also pick locks. That's really the sweet spot for adventure design, but it's a rarity in a superhero game. For example, we've got Troopa here. As I mentioned, Troopa can burrow. So if we want somebody behind those Nazis coming out of the bunker attacking them from behind, maybe to distract them at first and then to fight them from behind while we fight them from the front in this frontal assault, we could have Troopa burrow under the earth, probably get into that bunker, or at least behind the Nazi line, and that opens our options way up. In fact, we might decide to have Troopa scout around in the bunker first, see what we're up against, and hell, we've got Slime Time too. Slime Time's got combat capabilities, but with shape-shifting, we could lure one of the Nazis out into the woods, do the old knock them out, stick them in the closet trick. There's no closet in the woods, but the forest equivalent of a closet, and then have Slime Time shape-shift into them, go back, and then, you know, German, German, I gotta go use their potty, and then go into the bunker, or do that while we are fighting the other Nazis, right? In the confusion, have the one who's actually Slime Time run on in in disguise. So we got lots and lots and lots of options here. But the text assumes that at some point we got to fight these 10 Nazis. If we didn't want to fight 10 Nazis, we should have gone and stolen fishing boats, obviously. Quote, once the heroes have defeated the Nazi guards, they can move into the bunker. The invaders, not entirely trusting the player characters, will refuse to allow any of the heroes to stay outside the bunker as a guard. Now remember, the invaders are being played here by players. That's the thing with these mashup squads. There are two other people playing secret zoomers, but two of those secret zoomers are on the other branch of the adventure. So Bucky and Toro are being played by those characters' players. They're player characters right now. But the text dictates the GM will step in and insist, you know, if all the players are conferring and they come up with this plan like, okay, we'll have slime time, stay in his form as a Nazi guard and stay out here as a stealth lookout while the three of us go into the bunker. Then the GM steps in and says, hey, you, the one playing Bucky, Bucky won't let this happen. Bucky won't let anyone stay outside and be a guard. Anytime the GM says, your character doesn't think you need a lookout, that's a pretty clear indicator of what kind of shit's going to happen to you next. And indeed, quote, as soon as all the heroes are inside, read the following text. Inside Hitler's bunker, you find a long corridor that stretches off into semi-lit darkness. 
All right, goody goody, World War II dungeon crawl. My slime is ready. My mecha turtle is snapping. Let's do this. Quote, all of a sudden, you hear a loud thud behind you. Half a second later, there is a similar thud in front. Huge steel slabs have just sealed you off in the corridor. Suddenly, your newfound prison is filled with a horrible, raspy voice. A voice which the invaders instantly recognize as that of the Red Skull himself. Sleep tight, my friends. You still have a long evening ahead of you. You can barely hear a sharp hiss cutting out over the sound of the Red Skull's laughter. What you have triggered, and by you, I mean the characters you are playing but who have been prevented by the judge from taking sensible precautions, what you have done here is foolishly trigger a gas trap. And not just any gas trap, but a gas trap beyond mortal ken. Quote, The gas is a powerful knockout formula, shift X intensity, that acts after a mere five seconds of exposure. No matter what course of action they adopt, the heroes will almost certainly succumb to the gas. The steel barriers that imprison the heroes are of shift X material strength. So let me explain this bullshit for those of you who don't know this system very well. We've talked about all the different adjectives, right? From feeble, which is a two, and then poor, which is a four, all the way up to like monstrous, which is a 75, and unearthly, which is a 100. Unearthly is like as strong as Thor, uh, as strong-willed as Professor X. If you're familiar with the idea of like omega level mutants, like potentially world-threatening mutant powers, that's kind of what we're talking about when we're saying unearthly. We're talking about like the superheroes other superheroes are afraid of. That's unearthly, 100. Shift X is 150. And the reason it doesn't have an adjective description is because these columns are only meant to be used for column shifts, right? The thing where if the circumstances are favorable, then your stat counts as like one higher than it would normally be. So if you're Thor and you're in a weightlifting contest and you have unearthly strength and you just had a delicious breakfast of scrambled eggs, pancakes, and your pet goats, your favorite meal, your pet goats, you're feeling good, you get a plus one column shift. And so you would roll in the shift X table, unearthly shifted up by one. Super extremely the best. But this sleeping gas, this World War II era sleeping gas, is shift X intensity. When used to measure speed, shift X means supersonic. That's how powerful this knockout gas is. Now, obviously, you can't be wasting your shift X intensity knockout gas just spraying it from every vent, trying to knock out the whole bunker. You need to concentrate it, and you do this, if you're an evil Nazi genius, by dropping two shift X strength slabs of steel around the heroes. There's one hallway into the bunker, the slabs drop. No, there is no role to notice them. No, there is no role to stop them. No, there is no role to evade them. No, there is no role to disable them. No, the GM will not let you engage in your common sense plan to prevent everyone from being attacked at once in this clearly hostile environment. The GM will dictate that you, the player characters, don't want to do that. You all want to walk down the hallway and become trapped by two shift X material strength slabs of steel. Now, we know the material strength of steel because this is the 80s, and what role-playing game core book would be complete without a list of the canonical material strengths of various common substances? Shift X is not the material strength of steel. Shift X is the material strength of a three-foot solid wall of diamond. It completely defies all plausibility that this bunker is outfitted with movable steel walls as strong as a three-foot wall of diamond, and this amazing knockout gas that we've never seen the Nazis use before that can KO an actual god in five seconds. This is transparently, drastically overkill railroading, but that's not even the dumbest thing on this page. Here's the thing. The secret Zoomers and their erstwhile allies, Toro and Bucky, they are but three young boys and one young sometimes boy. Troopa is gender fluid, 
they don't have the kind of power that many other superheroes do. Now, if the GM gave them a fighting shot, they have odd enough powers that they would have been able to approach this in a million different ways and probably not have to walk blindly down this one hallway into this unbeatable trap. But once they're in it, they're in it. Two metal slabs of mythological scale strength. You got me. You got Bucky. You got Toro. You got Troopa. And you got Slime Time. You're knocking us the fuck out. But the default player characters for this adventure are the West Coast Avengers. The members of this mashup squad who are not West Coast Avengers in a default scenario would be invaders. And that combination actually has a real fighting chance against this unbelievably rigged encounter. Nobody's got Shift X strength. But you can get a column shift to your strength by hitting something with an object, as long as that object's material strength is higher than your strength. So like, if you have good strength, and you hit somebody with an excellent material strength pipe, or a remarkable pipe, or you found a lead pipe on Asgard, it's an unearthly material strength pipe, you get plus one column shift, your damage is excellent instead of good, right? Normally, this means that a character with unearthly strength, like Wonder Man, doesn't bother using weapons, because an object would have to have higher material strength than unearthly to be any good to him. For example... Captain America's shield. Captain America's shield isn't even a shift density. It's a class 3000 density or something like that. Class 1000, 3000, and 5000, they're beyond the shifts. They're at like cosmic level. When Galactus and somebody are shooting beams at each other, that's when you're up in like the class 1000 to 5000 level. That's the material strength of Captain America's shield. If Wonder Man and Captain America are trapped in here together, there is every possibility that Wonder Man will be able to use the shield to bust through these steel slabs. But surely he won't have time because of the knockout gas. You object, taking the judge's side. You fucking traitor. You fucking narc. Wonder Man doesn't need to breathe. He should be immune to this gas. He's an ionic life form. He's not really made of people. He's made of ions. The only thing keeping him in human shape is the fact that he is extremely basic on a deep metaphysical level. So he's not going to get knocked out by this knockout gas. And guess what? Neither is the Vision. The Vision is an android. So is the Human Torch. But there is a textual history of the Human Torch being knocked out by knockout gas because I guess his synthesoid body is close enough to a biological body to get knocked out by something that would knock out a person. But then again, the Vision's body is made from the Human Torch's body, so I don't know how that works. But the Vision is the Vision. Ghost robot rules apply. The Vision is not going to be affected by this gas. Furthermore, suppose that somebody wants to play a West Coast Avenger not listed in this book. Iron Man is a West Coast Avenger. He'd be able to seal himself off from this gas, at least for a long, long time. And he'd be able to muster the power to break through this trap, very probably. What if Captain America is not here to bump up the strength of these very strong characters. Well, if Vision turns himself into an unearthly density object, he becomes immovable, but he could still be used as a projectile or a bludgeon. So yes, Wonder Man could pick up the Vision after the Vision turns himself into a slab of diamond and use the Vision to bash down the wall. I misspoke earlier. I believe it is that the object has to be of equal material strength as your strength to get the bonus. I know that because I did do the math on Wonder Man swinging Vision like a baseball bat, and I have that math in my notes. Good job, past Chris. So with the default roster, there are tons and tons of ways to escape the trap, not to mention the fact that any random mix of superheroes, even without the tactical flexibility they should have, even with the judge insisting that Bucky and Toro are going to put their foot down and tell fucking Vision and Wonder Man that they're not allowed to take precautions against a trap, even so, there are lots and lots of superpowers that should be able to either avoid or escape this trap. I mean, hell, the Vision. The Vision could just walk through these walls. He can't be knocked out by the knockout gas. He could just walk through the slabs. There is a provision here for the fact that certain characters may not be knocked out. Quote, After the gas takes effect, the Red Skull will check to make sure that all heroes have been affected. If a character has not succumbed, say if he has a force field protecting him against the gas, 
The Red Skull will demand the hero's surrender before the cell is flooded with an equally powerful but far more lethal gas, certain to kill the hero's companions. Let's just glide over the fact that apparently <laughs> the Nazis have a Shift X 5 second insta-kill gas ready to go that they only use in this hallway. Moving beyond that, that would probably work on Vision. It would keep Vision from ghosting out and trying to bust up all the Nazis. He wouldn't want the Scarlet Witch or whoever to die, right? But what if you could take out the gas? This is the tip-top dumbest thing on this page. Scarlet Witch has extremely versatile hex abilities. They're only hazily modeled in this game, but they are explicitly treated as a combination of energy and matter manipulation. One of the things you can do is affect matter, like having wood rot away, or maybe having water freeze up in a machine. It's totally within the realm of possibility, especially with this never-before-seen experimental sleeping gas, that Scarlet Witch could use her hex powers to have it react in the air and lose its efficacy and undergo a chemical transformation so that it becomes inert. Or if she just wants to let the gas disperse by itself, she could have one of these walls collapse. They are on moving mechanisms, after all, something could give. There is a limit on Wanda's power, though. She cannot affect any substance any higher than class 1,000. Fuck me. If you're going to railroad us, do it right. Do your fucking research. It's right in the beginning of this book. Wanda can't make Captain America's shield fall apart. It's class 1,000 or 3,000 or 5,000 or whatever. But she can. She explicitly can make these walls fall over or make this gas inert with her powers. That makes three members of the canonical six-person West Coast Avenger player group for this adventure who can pretty readily slip this trap. And there is no provision made for anyone escaping it because the designer thought he was so fucking clever with his magical diamond steel and his KO gas from the god realm, he didn't even bother in his hubris to realize that if he had made it just three intensity higher, he would actually have had these characters trapped. Wanda wouldn't be able to affect the stuff with her hexes. Characters like Wonder Man wouldn't be able to beat their way out, even with Captain America's shield or solid diamond division to use as a bludgeon. And you could have overcome the life support powers that would enable people to resist this gas if you'd gone up to the class 1,000, 3,000, or 5,000 level too, which why not? That's, that's ultimately where I land on this. The dumbest thing on this page is, this is extreme railroading. This is blatant interference with player character agency. It's setting up a complex tactical situation, and then as soon as the players get to where they're going, saying, none of that matters, it doesn't matter what you did, nothing else matters. You're in one hallway, and there's an unbeatable trap, and you're trapped and you're knocked out. Or if you're not knocked out, then you have to come along anyway. It's, there's, this thing happens no matter what. It is unabashed blatant, aggressive railroading. And within the fiction of the world, it is fully implausible that these steel slabs with multiple times the strength and density of diamond, that this bizarre super knockout gas would exist, let alone that they would just randomly exist here and be deployed in this way. Not to mention the logical questions of, given that this whole thing has had a stealth component, and there are lots of powers, like for example, invisibility or intangibility, that would allow you to get into the bunker without being seen by regular Nazi guards, how is Red Skull noticing that you're in this hallway, necessarily? How is he triggering this trap? What if someone gets into the bunker first with, for example, their burrowing powers from, for example, their burrowing fire-breathing turtle suit? None of it makes any sense. If you're committed to that, does it have to be Shift-X and not Shift-Y? To all your vices as a designer, Ray Winninger, must we add cowardice? Knock me out with Shift-Y, KO Gas, Ray Winninger. Knock me out with Class 5000 KO Gas, Teleported in directly from Galactus's world ship, you fucking coward. Get out of here with this Shift X KO gas. If you're gonna fuck me, fuck me with the hammer of the gods. Be honest. Chapter 14, colon, fucked with the hammer of the gods. That's what I want. 
Anyway, after all this dicking around about whether we should steal fishing boats or sneak through the woods or create a diversion or whatever, our four teenage heroes have been trapped by stupid impossible metal and knocked out with impossible gas. But it's because of a decision that they made. What if, in an alternate reality, the heroes in this scenario had commandeered fishing boats? Join me next time when a mashup squad of the invaders and the misfits do just that on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact the show however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Podbean, Gmail, Instagram, etc., etc. This episode's theme music is Robinson's Grand Entry March, performed by the United States Air Force Concert Band. Thanks for listening.